Hello, everybody, and welcome to the July 8th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, I've been waiting for this to blow over for a couple of days now. It hasn't, and that's why we're talking about it. You've probably heard about the feud between Tammy Duckworth and Tucker Carlson. Uh, it all started when Senator Tammy Duckworth, if you don't know, a Democratic senator from Illinois, uh, said the following. Here's the clip. Traitors. So that might be, be true, but George Washington, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would call him a traitor. And there are no. moves by some to remove uh, statues of him. Is that a good idea? I think we should listen to the, everybody. I think we should listen to, to the argument there. But remember that the president at Mount Rushmore was standing on ground that was stolen from Native Americans who had actually been given that land during a treaty. Um, and again, let's talk about the greater context of where we are in our country right now. Now, I personally did not like that statement. I felt it was very mealy-mouthed and overall the most generic politician statement you could make. Oh, we're going to listen to what they're saying. Really? Really? Very stunning and brave, Senator. Stunning and brave. You're going to listen when people talk. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, besides that, everything she listed about Mount Rushmore is an objective fact. Okay? They are all objectively true. If they make you feel guilty about the fact that Mount Rushmore exists, that's your fault, not Duckworth. However, however, bringing up our history seemed to really annoy a man who has been complaining about erasing history. Enter Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who said the following on Monday. As his VP running mate, Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois is a top contender for the job. You're not supposed to criticize Tammy Duckworth in any way because she once served in the military. Most people just ignore her. But when Duckworth does speak in public, you're reminded what a deeply silly and unimpressive person she is. Here's Tammy Duckworth from over the weekend telling us it's time to get rid of George Washington. I know that you support changing the name of military bases named after Confederate leaders, but there are leaders like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson who were slave owners, and some people are demanding that their monuments come down too. So in your view, where does it end? Should statues, for example, of George Washington come down? Well, let me just say that we should start off by having a national dialogue on it um, at some point. A national dialogue, please. They're not looking for a, any kind of a colloquy. What they want is a soliloquy. We speak, you shut up and listen. So what to make of all of this? Well, it's long been considered out of bounds to question a person's patriotism. It's a very strong charge, and we try not ever to make it. But in the face of all of this, the conclusion can't be avoided. These people actually hate America. There's no longer a question about that. And yet, paradoxically, at the same time, they desperately want to control America more than anything. And that leads to the most basic of all questions. Can you really lead a country that you hate? Ask yourself, what kind of parent would you be if you hated your children? What kind of First off, shut up and dribble, Tucker Carlson. Okay, I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, first off, again, Senator Duckworth's answer was so extremely mushy. It's so extremely nothing that it's honest to God surprising Carlson was, well, it's not surprising Carlson was offended by it, but it's surprising that anyone else would be offended by it. But hey, what do I know at this point? 
Remember, stating history is hating America, especially, especially if you're complaining about erasing history 24-7 on Fox News. Uh, <laughs> or especially to the people who are complaining about history or being erased 24-7 on Fox News. I should also note, it's going to become important later. Carlson just says Tammy Duckworth served in the military, and that's why we can't criticize her. Well, for one, nobody has really ever held that attitude at all, ever. Are you really telling me no one has ever criticized Lindsey Graham? How about John McCain? What John Kerry? Those are just off the top of my head. They serve in the military. People criticize them all the time. How about Henry Kissinger? He served in the military. People criticize him all the time. How about, if you believe his story at least, George W. Bush? He allegedly served in the military. People criticize him all the time. Nobody's actually ever held that standard ever. Occasionally, it will be beaten over the head of some pundit on cable TV by an opposing side, but that's it, really. In fact, John Kerry's military record was the thing that was of most scrutiny back in the 04 election. You may remember Michelle Mulkin, who, if I'm not mistaken, is friends with Tucker Carlson, saying on Hardball with Chris Matthews that uh, Kerry intentionally shot himself so he could get a Purple Heart. I'm, I'm not making that up. She said that. So no, nobody's ever held that standard. Republicans occasionally pretend to hold that standard. But they don't actually ever hold that standard. Um, but for that matter, saying Duckworth served in the military is like saying John D. Rockefeller ran a business. You aren't wrong, but that's a little bit admitting a lot. For those who don't know, Tammy Duckworth lost both her legs and part of the mobility of one of her arms in an accident when she was injured while fighting in Iraq. Okay? Now that objectively happened. Doesn't mean you can't criticize her. Doesn't mean you can't criticize her. But just saying she served in the military is at least a little bit of a lie by omission, if you're leaving it at that. For that matter, anyone remember when Saturday Night Live was forced to apologize because they made fun of Dan Crenshaw's eye patch? You guys remember that in the 2018 election? Only reason anyone has ever heard of Dan Crenshaw, by the way. It's the only reason anyone outside of a few people in Texas have ever heard of Dan Crenshaw was because Saturday Night Live made fun of his eye patch. The eye patch he wears because he lost one of his eyes while fighting in Iraq. Okay? Now, Saturday Night Live was forced to apologize for that joke. Again, not making fun of his military record, not saying he hated America, but for making fun of his eye patch. That's it. That's all they did. They were forced to apologize over a joke. Tucker Carlson can seriously say someone who suffered much worse damage. That was an accidental alliteration there. <laughs> hates America, and that's just a regular political view. That's just a regular political view in 2020. Congratulations. Anyway, in response to that segment, Senator Duckworth, or more than likely one of her staffers, uh, tweeted the following, Does Tucker Carlson want to walk a mile in my legs and then tell me whether or not I love America? Again, this was in response to the fact that she lost both her legs fighting in Iraq. 
okay? Doesn't mean you can't criticize her. No one is saying that. What we're saying, and by the way, if such a standard ever was put in place, it was placed by the Republican Party and their neoconservative buddies. Let's be real here. Okay, let's be real here for a half a second. But anyway, back to the point. Uh, and then we're not saying you can't criticize her. We're just saying you shouldn't, in theory, say that she hates America. And the reason for that is not because we're going to throw you in the gulag or anything along those lines. It's because that statement doesn't make any sense. It objectively does not make any sense. However, Tucker Carlson doubled down on it last night and attacked Duckworth again. Here's the clip. Washington. Sure, she responded. Let's talk about it. We played that tape for you last night, and we noted how grotesque it was. Only someone who hates the country would suggest ripping down monuments to its founder. Apparently, Tammy Duckworth saw what we said. She didn't disagree with it exactly. Instead, she questioned our right to criticize her at all, since she was once injured while serving in the Illinois Army National Guard. That's what passes for an argument in modern identity politics. They don't address the points that you make. They question your right to make them at all. The irony, of course, is that George Washington himself, the dead traitor Tammy Duckworth has such contempt for, also served in the military. Washington spent most of his adult life under arms. He fought in two wars. At one point during the winter of 1777, Washington lost almost a quarter of his entire army to cold and malnutrition. So George Washington paid his dues. He was, as we might say today, a combat veteran. And by the way, Washington also created the country we live in. George Washington was a genuinely great man. But to morons like Tammy Duckworth, Washington is just some old white guy who needs to be erased. Let's tear down his statues, rename our capital city Sharpton or Mandela, and let the revolution continue. But hold on, not so fast. Changes that profound deserve a debate. Not some fake national conversation where they scream commands at you and you get to obey, but a vigorous, reasoned exchange between adults. We wanted to have an exchange like that with Tammy Duckworth tonight. So we called her office and we invited her on the show. Her flack informed us that before even considering our request, we must first issue a public apology for criticizing Tammy Duckworth. In other words, I will not debate you until first you admit you're completely wrong. Keep in mind, Tammy Duckworth is not a child, at least not technically. She is a sitting United States senator who is often described as a hero. Yet Duckworth is too afraid to defend her own statements on a cable TV show. What a coward. The first thing to note is that Carlson cannot, for the life of him, actually figure out what Tammy Duckworth said. <laughs> Throughout that entire clip, he constantly flips back and forth. Occasionally, um, he'll mock it as, Oh, we'll just have a conversation about the topic at hand, clearly implying she doesn't actually want a conversation, but is currently hiding it. Other times, you think she said, Yeah, I'm gonna tear down that Washington statue myself. Okay? That's how much I hate that man. He founded this country. And as we all, and as Tucker Carlson said, Tammy Duckworth hates this country. Which just... Ugh, it's the, one of the most annoying aspects about the clip, in all honesty. Throughout that two and a half minute, two and a half minute, okay, about two minutes of total clip, Carson flipped several times over what Duckworth actually said. And it's honestly the most confusing thing you've ever seen. Well, we've played the clip twice in this segment now. 
twice in the segment. You can go back and listen to it just by rewinding a little. And you'll see that what she said was she incredibly in the most weak manner possible said that she was considering having a conversation made. That's basically what it came down to. Maybe we'll have a conversation. We'll listen to a few points here and there. I don't know if we're going to take those points into account. We'll listen to them. We'll, we'll let you scream for a little bit. I mean, what would Carlson have preferred? Would he have preferred if she had directly said, no, I want to kill all these persons? Oh, wait, he, he, he said that. He said that. We played that clip on in the podcast before. Uh, <laughs> awkward. But seriously, though, this is the same thing he does with criticizing her. In truth, again, Tammy Duckworth took no issue, at least I don't know if she took any issue, but the only thing she said publicly was not about you criticizing her. The only thing she said publicly was responding to the accusation that she hated America. What was she supposed to do? Seriously, what was she supposed to do? Was she supposed to officially announce on Twitter that she hated America? How was she supposed to respond to these accusations, Mr. Carlson? I'm genuinely asking you. Now, now, in Carlson's defense, according to him at least, according to him at least, uh, he did invite Tammy Duckworth on the show to talk about it, but was outraged that Duckworth dared demand an apology for such light criticism as she hates America. You guys see the issue here? Carlson constantly wants to have it both ways. He wants to act like he's this gentleman who is just politely pointing out what the average person is thinking, while at the same time making bombastic claims. That's what it comes down to. He is making bombastic claims, and then when called out on it, backpedals to where it sounds like he's just a gentle soul, kindly standing up for the people of this nation. Okay. Okay, okay Tucker. Okay. Yeah, Tucker, you're standing up for the people. You literally said on a radio interview that you had no plans of stirring the proletariat. Remember that? I think it was 06 you said that. We're a libertarian until like a year ago. Remember that? You even voted for Ron Paul three times. We're a member of the Cato Institute. I remember that. You, I clearly remember that. Okay. You were you were a hardcore libertarian for several for a few decades, if I'm not mistaken. Your mother is a very very wealthy woman. She runs the Swanson Meals Company, one of the biggest TV dinner companies in the United States, if not the biggest. But you're standing up for the people, Mr. Carlson. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I really cannot stand Tucker Carlson in general. I really can't. And you know, if Tucker were to have continued. His bombastic, you hate America spree. I think I would genuinely kind of respect that. I would. I genuinely would. Because saying something like that on any television network that's not Fox News uh, <laughs> takes a lot of guts. Okay? I'll say that right now. Saying that about, especially someone who served in the military and lost a few, and lost her legs there takes a lot of guts, and if you were to continue down that road, yeah, I think it's disgusting, but I'd have an odd kind of respect for him. I'll say that right now. But no, instead he chose to backpedal. He instead chose to insist that he was only lightly criticizing her when, again, the tape from the night before that segment aired 
proved that he wasn't. He was making extreme claims about her. Tucker Carlson is, and there's no better way to say this, a liar and a backpedaler. There's no way around it. There is no way around it. I genuinely cannot stand Tucker Carlson. I really can't. Anyway, uh, now we're going to talk about a guy named Jonathan Lopez. <laughs> oh boy, he received, he's an Oregon politician and received a very racist letter. I am going to read it out to you guys right now. Uh, I've got the transcript of the letter from Media. Although I should note, every copy of the letter I've seen has a lot of it white card. I don't know if that's personal information from Lopez. Um, but, eh, what are you going to do? Here's what it said, again, according to Mediate. Mr. Lopez, you're, wrong, you're, by the way, not welcome here and will never be anything in this community or state. Don't waste your time trying to become anything in this country. We will make sure you never win and your family suffers along with all the other fucking Mexicans in the area. And it was signed with, Sincerely, America. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Efron, why are you laughing? That's disgusting. <laughs> well, <laughs> the reason it is so funny is, first off, that is the most stereotypical depiction of a racist you could imagine. No, not even that in all honesty. Not even that in all honesty. Because a real racist would have said a lot more. <laughs> like, if you read actual racist levels, they would have been at least calling him a slur at some point. No, apparently not. Now, this is one of the moderate racists. <laughs> but no, here is why that's funny, though. Because today, we found out, again, this is according to Mediate, according to Como News, K-O-M-O, a police investigation through the letter was concluded after it discovered that Lopez, quote, wrote the letter himself and made false statements to the police and on social media. In the statement, Police Chief Jason Edmondson said, quote, the time spent on this fictitious claim means time lost on other matters, not to mention it needlessly adds to incredible tension that exists in our nation today, because we're more divided than ever! Okay, I, I added that last part. <laughs> he called the police on this? Oh my god, you idiot! You complete idiot! I mean, it wasn't even... Okay, it was mildly threatening, I, I guess. But really, all that needed to happen was you remove a little bit of it, and this would have never reached the police. Police, unless you ask them, are not going to investigate random racist letters you receive. They don't investigate random racist emails most of the time. Why they investigate random racist letters? If you're a public figure, I assume your address is fairly easy to find via phone books or white pages or whatever you want to look at. Um, however, however, <laughs> I cannot stop laughing at this. You faked the the letter. I just can't make that up. I, I really cannot make that up. How do I make that up? I don't. Because you can't, unlike that letter which you made up. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Uh, back to the statement from Jason Edmondson. As a lifelong resident of this diverse community, I'm disgusted someone would try to carelessly advance their personal ambitions at the risk of others. Yeah, that's very irresponsible of him. That is very irresponsible of him. It was irresponsible when Jesse Smollett did the same thing. You remember that? Faked a hate crime on himself, turned out he hired the people who did it. Yeah, th that was equally as irresponsible. And might I add, just evil. That is objectively evil. If you want to know what the definition of evil is, it's writing letters to yourself, threatening yourself, and then claiming someone else wrote them. That is, in my opinion, actually evil. Okay? But here's some, here's some of his apology. I do apologize for what I did. I do. For, for what I did, I do. Understand and accept that it was incorrect or wrong. Either incorrect or wrong. He's not quite sure which. He's not quite sure which. But it was either incorrect or wrong. By no means or why, way did I want to gain the election. Then why did you do that? Then why did you do that? I could say many reasons, and of course, everyone's opinion could be different, but I have no excuse for it, and I can just express how I was feeling and what's been going on through my mind, and I'm not asking that that justifies. I'm not asking that that justifies. What I did, I've been doing, uh, I've just been having hard time since February. Oh, boy. He said it in an interview, by the way. Just just want to make that known. Uh, so, yeah, in conclusion, this guy's an idiot. There's no way around it. This dude is really stupid. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about him. He is really, really stupid. Lol. Anyway, now let's talk about Representative Ilhan Omar, someone who I really don't like talking about because it seems like there is this entire subsection of the Republican Party determined to find anything she says anti-American simply because she's a Muslim. Now, mind you, Omar does not throw them, does not make it particularly hard for them. However, it is worth noting that basically no matter what she says, she is completely screwed. Uh, there's this 30-second clip that's been hovering around as evidence that Ilhan Omar hates America. Here it is. As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. Now, that is the version you saw if you just saw the video posted by the GOP House leader, Kevin McCarthy. Okay? However, that's not the full clip. That's only about half a minute of it. The full clip was uploaded by Ilhan Omar herself onto her Twitter account. And, to be fair, after just seeing that clip, I was outraged too. What is she saying? Is she calling for socialism? For communism? For dismantling oppression? I do want to make it clear, I do disagree. I would probably disagree with whatever economic reform Ilhan Omar uh, proposed. But can we not act like that's anything more than a typical political statement? 
seriously? Like, that's been said by politicians for centuries. I'm going to dismantle systems of oppression. That's like bare bones nothingness. Swear to God, political commentators these days, except for me, of course, because I'm the best political commentator, uh, are just getting easier and easier to offend. I swear. Anyway, here is the clip after I backed it up a little bit, just a little bit, just a minute earlier. Okay, I cut off this clip where the clip McCarthy posted begins. So here's the full context for what Ilhan Omar was talking about. When America gets a cold, black Americans get pneumonia. Our communities are the ones that are bearing the burden of the coronavirus more than any other. People of color make up this proportionate share of low-wage essential workers who have had to keep working in food production plants, grocery stores, and other workplaces despite the risk to their lives. We've also faced higher rates of joblessness to the rate to, um, to the coronavirus crisis, while also suffering racialized police brutality and militarization. The mortality rate for black Minnesotans to COVID is twice as high as it is with other races. And for me, this is very personal because I lost my own father to the coronavirus. I see the pain and the havoc it's wrecking on black communities in Minneapolis. We must recognize that these systems of oppression are linked. She's talking about racism, you utter buffoons. Okay, I I'm sorry, but this whole controversy really annoys me. Ilhan Omar made what is quite possibly the most banal, boring statement you could make. That's a theme we're noticing recently. Banal and boring statements have become massive controversies. If any other politician of any other era, or at the very least of the era made up of the past 50 years, had said, I am going to fight against racism in a good portion of this country, no one would have batted an eye. Okay, but because a Muslim woman is saying it, oh my god, she hates America. Well, wait, where did you, where did you get that conclusion? Because she said that she does not believe in oppression being good? Is that what you're getting at? This is literally the most banal statement I've heard from a politician in a long time. And it's become a major controversy. I mean, seriously. Seriously. Can you think of... I swear to God, sometimes it feels like if Omar were to say, bad things are bad, half of the Republican Party would be trying to say she hates America and Jews. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Just Ilhan Omar says, bad things are bad. Oh my God, you hate America. We're all about bad things. For that matter, I thought one of the main arguments of the Republican Party for the past several years has been that America was not systemically racist. That's why they were all offended at Biden's ad. Remember the one we played on Friday? Michael Knowles and Newt Gingrich both called that anti-American because we've lived up to these values so many times. Mind you, for... What is it? Only 20% of this country's existence, African-Americans have been on the legal, even playing field with white Americans? Only 20%. About 20% of the time this country's existed. 
but we've always lived up to these values. That's erasing history, by the way. Yeah, did you guys see that after that Biden ad, which was the most banal, not even banal, in all honesty, because I did like the ad a lot. The 4th of July message, we played it on Monday. The one where Biden says that we can live up to these values, that these values America were founded on, but we have sometimes failed at them. They are a great message that we are going to live up to. That is patriotism, if I've ever heard it. Michael Knowles and Newt Gingrich have both said that that means he hates America. Because in Gingrich's case, he didn't mention enough in a two-minute video. And in Knowles' case, he dared say that sometimes we fail. Uh, I think if he ever sees a Dinesh D'Souza movie, he's going to be very confused. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what, what's the point I'm getting at? The point is that statement is just nothing. That statement is just, racism is bad. We used to make fun of political leaders for saying that. We used to feel patronized with political leaders for saying that. Now, it's a sign they hate us. Why do they hate you if when they say racism is bad? Is it because you're a racist? If somebody came up to me and said, Hey, Ephraim, pedophilia is bad, or murder is bad, or rape is bad. You know what I'd say? I'd say, okay. Why did you think I wouldn't know that? I wouldn't go, oh, so you hate me? Because that would be very suspicious. Like, really suspicious. I figured we should get to the other aspect of this. Oh my god, how dare Ilhan Omar criticize America when we let her immigrate here from Somalia? We should send her back because she hates America. Well, that doesn't really prove anything. Yeah, America has flaws. Still a hell of a lot better than Somalia. Ilhan Omar must recognize that considering she lives here and not in Somalia. I think that's pretty fair as a statement. But the fact is, in order to qualify, because we live on a flawed world, okay? We live in a world where every country has one flaw or another. You can point to an issue in every nation. Uh, there's the old quote, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the other ones. And that's kind of how a lot of people talk about the U.S. That if you exclude the other 195 countries, we're the worst one in the world. And to be fair, yeah, we do have flaws. We do have several flaws. In order to be the best nation in the world, we don't need to be perfect. We just need to be theoretically better than the competition. And when your competition is Somalia, <laughs> that's not really all that hard. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Now, the United States of America is better than 90%, 95%, I, you could even say 99% of nations. You might even think it's the greatest country in the world. And you know what? Depending on the data you're looking at, yeah, that's a reasonable conclusion to draw. Seriously. I I'm not arguing otherwise. I'm not arguing otherwise. You could say we have the greatest history in the world, and I would probably agree with you. With that said, though, can we all act like or can we all not pretend that we're absolutely perfect in every single way? I think that's a fair worldview.
that occasionally we do screw up because we don't live in a utopia. We don't live in a perfect world. We don't live in an ideal world. We live in a in a bad world, in truth be told. And in that bad world, even the best countries in that world can have some problems here and there. Now, I'm not here to talk about the exact issues of systemic oppression, whether or not it's as big of a deal as Ilhan Omar would have you believe, because that's not what this conversation is about. Because Republicans have hijacked this conversation and essentially turned it into, why do you hate America? Why do you hate America when you tell the American public not to be racist, despite the fact I thought the American public wasn't racist? Um, that's weird. Don't you think? I'm sorry, I really can't get over this. I really can't. Imagine if you walked up to me and said, Hey, Ephraim, molesting children is bad. Okay, just something like that. And I just gave this example. I'm giving it again to really drive the point home. And I said, oh, so you hate me all of a sudden? What would, what would I be implying? What would I be implying? Well, the answer is, this is ridiculous. The answer is, if you are furious at accusations of obviously bad things, or not accusations, if you are furious at the instruction to not do something obviously bad, I misspoke there, then you've almost certainly engaged in the activity. I've seen these kind of don't be racist statements my entire life. And you know what I do when I see them? I shrug them off and I move along. I do. Same reason I didn't really talk about woke capital in response to the George Floyd protests. Because, well, I'm not racist, so you know what happens when I see Nike saying, we think racism is bad? I move on. The only reason it typically appears in my timeline anyway is because there are so many people complaining about it, which doesn't even make any sense, because a lot of them claim to not be racist, and yet are oddly mad. Like, really oddly mad. When they are told to stop doing something they're already not doing. Like, here's how I phrase it. Here's how I think of it. If I'm not mad at someone telling me to breathe oxygen or eat food or drink fluids, then I'm not going to be mad at anyone telling me to not be racist because I'm not racist, as it's saying. Okay? I, I'm against racism. What am I supposed to respond with? What am I supposed to respond with? Oh, actually, oh my god. How dare you? I'm going to stop breathing air just because you told me to breathe air. That's my favorite one, that being told to not be racist is going to turn people racist. Yes! <laughs> That's how it works. The Ku Klux Klan famously started after someone went up to uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest and said, Man, you shouldn't be racist. What? Well, he would have probably reacted like that because he, he was a horrible racist. <laughs> oh my, everything about this story is stupid. Anyway, uh, this is probably going to be the last thing for tonight. This is from the Supreme Court of the U.S. blog. And by the way, anyone who just says SCOTUS, including myself on occasion, is an idiot and should not be trusted. Supreme Court of the United States upholds expanded exemption to the Affordable Care Act birth control mandate for employers with religious or moral objections. And uh, this is from their Twitter account, the official Supreme Court of the U.S. blog Twitter account. 
Opinion from Justice Thomas in Little Sisters of the Poor versus Pennsylvania. Roberts, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, joint majority opinion. Kagan and Breyer write separately to concur in the judgment, which is actually kind of surprising. Uh, Ginsburg dissents with Sotomayor. Did I? Yeah, I pronounced that right. Key points on today's ruling. The court holds that the Trump administration had statutory authority to expand the exemption from the contraceptive coverage requirement, but the court leaves open the possibility for opponents to challenge the exemption as arbitrary and caparous. Kagan underscores the point in her concurrence. She points to specific examples of the Health and Human Services Department handwork that, quote, may also prove arbitrary and caparous on remand. So what do I think of this? Because for those who don't know what happened, the executive branch during the Obama administration basically determined that this was not in the original Affordable Care Act passed by Congress, by the way. This was added later. That employers had to cover birth control. Okay? And more or less, a group of Catholic nuns said, well, we don't morally believe in birth control, so why should we have to pay for it? Now, this is not saying that employees can't get birth control. And you know what? If such a thing were to happen, then I would be totally in favor of not allowing them to be fired. Or at least I would be against firing them. Because you shouldn't really be punished for things you do off of work. At least in my view. In my view. Um, and by the way, by the way, I want to note, a good portion of the time, this excuse has made its utter bullshit. I remember when Hobby Lobby made that excuse. And my reaction was, wait, your shareholders have moral values? You guys are a big corporation. What, what, who had these moral values? S serious question, but no, this is a small Catholic organization. And mind you, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in Christianity, let alone Catholicism. Okay? However, and I have said this the entire time, I would prefer a world where they don't have to pay for it, in part because if, well, if you want birth control with your job, you're not going to work there, and hey, that's a benefit for me. That's a little bit of a win on my part. <laughs> but no, seriously, the federal government does not have the power to restrict birth control. They have not had that power, or at least no government has had that power, actually. Uh, state governments lost that power in Grinswold v. Connecticut in 1965. Okay, 1965. And then meanwhile, the federal government never even tried to do such a thing. You know why it never tried to do such a thing? Because they couldn't do such a thing. Because it would be impossible to do such a thing. Okay? Because it wouldn't make any sense to do such a thing. Now, as it stands, this ruling does not make it so you cannot get birth control, so you can be fired a job if you take birth control. Again, if that were the ruling, I would not be in here praising it. However, it does rule that the employer does not have to pay for the birth control. Basically, setting us back to the standard of that horrible age known as about a decade ago. <laughs> How long do these people think the rule was in place? I mean, again, birth control has been available nationwide since 1965 with nothing, even the most fundamentalist governors can do about it, okay? Not even someone like Rick Santorum or Mike Pence could ban birth control in even their own states if they wanted to, because the Supreme Court said that's unconstitutional. 
Now, of course, Santorum has said, actually, states do have the right to, which, yeah, that's, a, that's an argument we're not getting into at the moment. Uh, long story short, though, I don't entirely agree with that. Uh, <laughs> however, back on the topic at hand, it's just saying that people who morally disagree with the practice of contraception do not have to pay for it. That's it. That's it. You could still get them. And they're available, by the way, in most states for almost nothing. It's, I think, $4 a month or $10 for a 90-day supply in most states. That's really going to bankrupt you? Really? Really going to bankrupt you? Okay. Okay. And by the way, I also want to make this known, because there are a million and a half issues I have with the various forms of arguments against this ruling. Um, but another one is, if you can't afford $10 every three months, or even $4 every month, then you should not be having sex. Okay? You should not be having sex. Now, there are exceptions. I want to make it clear. There are exceptions. There are states where the price is absurdly high. Most of them, however, are because of laws implemented by liberals, by Democrats. Most notably, anti-cutthroat competition laws, which make it so those evil capitalists cannot make certain things too inexpensive, because apparently that's a bad thing. Um... <laughs> And by the way, where are the feminist outcries? Where is the giant liberal backlash against cutthroat competition laws that apply to birth control? There are tons of states, most notably, off the top of my head, I know they apply in California. I don't know exactly which states they apply to. I know California is one of them. Um, there are several states where, I'm sorry, but it's true. The price of birth control is being artificially inflated by government. Okay, that's what's going on. That is what's going on. And we hear almost nothing about it, but we do hear incessantly about employers not wanting to pay for it. Very weird, in my opinion. Very weird. Um, so now this is not a war on women. If anything, the anti-cutthroat competition laws are a much bigger war on women than anything this one group of Catholic nuns could ever do. Anything. I'm being dead serious when I say that. I am honestly being dead serious when I say that. Okay? And mind you, mind you, I have very liberal views on sex and sexuality in general. Okay? I, I'm going to make that clear as well. And the reason I state this is because I know someone is going to straw man me and say, oh, you just hate um, the idea of people having sex. No, I don't. No, not, not really. I, I have copies of various books over there that would, would prove that idea pretty wrong. You guys ever actually read 1984? <laughs> the whole thing, like the whole second part of that book is a guy has sex despite the government. And it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love that book so much. It's honestly my favorite book ever. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's all besides the point. 
Because the point is, I just don't want other people to be paying for it. Okay, you need condoms for 20 cents a use. You want to have sex five times a week? That's a buck a week. That's a dollar a week. $52 a year. If you are able to have sex, you are able to make up that money. If you are financially able to come up with the idea that this theoretically could backfire, it could stop working, then yeah, yeah, you, you need money. I'm sorry, you need the money. And if you don't have the money to afford $10 every three months for birth control, you shouldn't be having sex. That's how I view it, okay? And mind you, I have nothing against sex. Have all the sex you want. I don't care. Have, have giant orgies, okay? Have ten-sums if you want. In fact, you know, have, have bisexual orgies with five people of each sex showing up. I don't care, okay? All I ask is you pay for it. That's it. That is it. That, that's the only thing I'm asking, and I don't feel it's unreasonable. And there are obvious, there are knee-jerk responses like, well, health insurance plans also cover Viagra. Well, first off, those aren't the same drugs, even in the slightest. Uh, <laughs> but second off, they, they shouldn't be forced by law to do that either. Okay, they shouldn't be forced by law to cover anything, in my opinion. But anyway, that's all for tonight. If you enjoy this episode, you'll enjoy my book, The Establishment is Dead. Long live the establishment. Follow me on Twitter at FromJoseen1. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email me at peacefulglobalsreview at gmail.com. That's peacefulglobalsreview at gmail.com. Just name a show at gmail.com. I am Ephraim, and good night.